0: You're listening to the after the Show movie podcast brought to you by AScully.com. And here are your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. Happy New Year! Sid Talk. Happy New
1: Year, You did wish me new oh yours and all the other people new year
0: it is the That's first it. after the show of 2019
1: 2019 sounds so futuristic oh my god
0: we've got it's fo- so weird have we got flying cars yet
1: <laughs> um probably i
0: guess elon musk's car flew in space when he sent it into True. space so have close. we
1: but then what we don't have are like robotic vacuums that clean your house oh, we do devices that you can just ask questions and then say turn on the light and they do it we don't have that
0: but we do (laughs) we do we're basically living in the jetsons
1: we don't have a thing where you and i could just talk about a movie and then someone from anywhere in the entire world could just listen to it
0: we don't have that yet
1: we uh, are oh what are we doing why are we doing just talking to ourselves oh fine with a microphone in front of my face
0: Yeah, well, yeah, you've got to have a good audio quality. It's obscuring my
1: city skylines. Why would you do that for no reason?
0: So, welcome to 2019. Welcome to after the show, 2019.
1: (laughs) This is the name of the show.
0: Yeah, 2019. (laughs) It's the 2019 season. Some
1: changes around after the show.
0: Uh, A brand new season coming soon. God,
1: 2019. Seriously, when you're when it was 1986 and we're graduating from high school, and the song 1999, that seemed like no, never. That's never gonna happen. And now we're way past that.
0: We are. So um, it is Saturday, January the 5th, and this is after the show number 564. We are a movie review podcast. We have been going for quite some many years, mm. and 2019 is one of those years. <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the first movie we're looking at this year is the movie Halloween. It's just called Halloween, but it isn't the one that you're thinking about, the one from the 70s. It's the new it's Halloween. 40 years later. And it's a 2018 release. It actually comes out this Tuesday. It's rated R. And it's from our friends at Universal who sent us a copy for review. And Sid Tart will give you the synopsis of Halloween. No, she won't. Come on.
1: If you're a movie person and you're listening to this podcast, you know what Halloween is all about.
0: There was a movie There's called a Halloween.
1: Yeah, there was a movie and that's a story about a guy who killed his sister when he was a kid and then he kills a bunch of Stupid teenagers, terrifying this one particular young lady at the time. Forty years later, we're kind of doing it again. There's a babysitter and a guy, you know.
0: That thing It's that movie. That
1: attitude sounds like I didn't like it. I love it, so don't don't get me wrong. I really enjoy it, but spoilers. It's nothing. If you, even if you're ten years old, okay, maybe if you're not, if you're ten years old. But if you're listening to this podcast, you know what the Halloween movies are about. I'm mm-hmm. hoping.
0: Yeah. So, um onto our review. There could be spoilers in this review, so if you don't like spoilers, go away and watch the movie and come back. <laughs> but please come back because we feel lonely without you. So, the movie Halloween. Uh we both have seen the original movie Halloween, of course we have. We were born in the uh, I was born in the 60s, you was born in the 60s.
1: You were born you were 10 when it came out.
0: So we grew up I in the have been 70s twelve. And 80s. about yeah,
1: I didn't see it when it came out. No way. I would have seen it later.
0: Yeah, I saw it as a teenager, I'm sure. Um, and where I came down on it was I was more of a Nightmare on Elm Street fan at the time. I really liked Nightmare on Elm Street.
1: That was way after this, wasn't it?
0: I think I probably saw them around the same time, though. Even mm-hmm. though, you know what I mean? Like yeah. when VHS came about and we started renting horror movies. So, But I did like Halloween a lot, too. I just like the fantasy element of Nightmare on Elm Street a lot. You know, going into the dreams and all that. I loved all that. So, I don't have a massive connection to Halloween. Like, it's not a, sh- a movie that shaped me. Is it you? In Is It would it-
1: have been one of the first horror movies that scared me. Like, when he comes in- into... His face comes into the dark there behind her as she thinks he's... It's also one of the first... I would have experienced where the bad guy is down, but he's not down, and then he's not down again, and then he's not down again, and we're all suckers for the first time for anything, and you're just like, oh my god, he won't die.
0: Friday the 13th also did that, right?
1: That was after this, that wasn't it? Uh, Was it? They're pretty close, I think, but... So I have the nostalgia of being young and being afraid, which I don't have that luxury anymore so much. And so I am connected to it in that. And it's still when the music starts and if you're watching the original and then she's going to school and she's walking down the street and you're just like, oh, you have no idea what's coming. (laughs) Like, and then it's just I used to babysit when I was a teenager and I babysit and I was from rural places way out in the country, like in a place where I couldn't hardly find it. If I had to drive myself out there, the dad would have to drive into town to get me and drive me out there. And it's a little kind of tiny house and. Wood stove, and me and a baby, and like, every sound, every bang, knock, wind, it was just like, oh, and of course, I'd already seen some of these movies by then, so it was right up my alley for somehow translating it into real life fear, that doesn't happen anymore so much, so I have that, I still have that attached to it, and so in this movie, I actually still get a little of that, so that was good.
0: I get none of that, but...
1: I wasn't afraid, but I understood her fear and then I kind of got it like this thing where she couldn't let it go, knowing he's coming back, you know, so I, I was there.
0: So this movie, 40 years later, and through a series of convenient events... <laughs> um, Are you Ma- knocking
1: the writing skills?
0: Michael Myers it ends up back in, you know, in the suburban neighborhood in, on Halloween, um, very conveniently, and, you know... Goes on a rampage. Spoilers. But I mean, that's pretty much what Halloween is. <clears throat> right? The,
1: yes, there is. It's just blatant fear of not a... What appears to be a monster or anything like that. It's just a guy
0: in a mask
1: so, with no explanation. So I like that part.
0: So my thing about this movie is... I think it's... Bad? It's a bad movie? This? Yeah, but it's also got some redeeming qualities. What's
1: bad about it?
0: Uh, well, these are these are the first things that are bad. It's too much convenience for me. Everything that happens, it's just all like, you know, he's here. It's just all, like you said earlier to me, how the hell does he know where she lives? It, there's a lot of stuff that happens where I was like, huh? You know, there's some really awful characters that... <laughs> and I know it's a horror movie and you probably... Maybe they go in that route of, well, you won't like these characters and we're gonna kill them anyway. Um but it's not really anybody I could get behind or like. These two podcasters that the movie starts with, it could be me and you. <laughs> they're these over dramatic, like talking into the microphone, um just annoying, really annoying. I really could,
1: up their own ass. I could
0: barely stand them. They were British. They were <laughs> annoying, they had really Mary Poppins accents almost, and spoilers—they get off. They at don't
1: something. last very long.
0: Yeah, but you know that—you know the opening sequence where they go to the prison uh, to the, you know, the prison yard place mm-hmm. uh, and talk to it. It was just awful. I was like, oh, is this this? It was really dumb. Yes. I, unfortunately,
1: that was really dumb.
0: Yeah, that whole that's it. That whole opening sequence before the Halloween credits start they go to that they go to the thing they ask them can we go and te- speak can we just go and stand near him for a bit because we want to ex- you know feel it or whatever i don't know he goes and stands there and starts gets the mic you know this podcaster gets the mask out of his bag holds it up to michael and starts yelling at him it, it's just all like i was like oh this is kind of up its own ass and and even though it's horror
1: to- and you're not supposed to say that it's not realistic that it just pulls you out it's like that's just not yeah. even like in the in the there's no gravity that can pull that into any realistic version of anything, whereas the first movie, and yes, I'm going to compare these because it's the same guy, the same crew almost same everybody, the guy who wrote it, the guy who wrote the music, the woman who starred in it, you know, they're all on board. So to me, it's one continuous thing, and it is for them so did
0: we mention that this is a sequel to the original and not
1: original, yeah, they all everything that's happened since Halloween night nineteen seventy nine None of that exists at all in this movie. It's just that night happened. It's 40 years later. He's been in prison. She's been paranoid. And that's kind of it. But um, the thing about the first one is, and I agree with Jamie Lee Curtis when she said, it's sort of grounded in this, like it's people you kind of know in a neighborhood, you know, just like Poltergeist, you know, or ET where the neighborhood is this suburban kids running around on Halloween. The girls go into high school You know, it's a little bit hyped up, just a little bit, or like Carrie even, you feel like it's real enough, right? So that all grounds the first movie, even though it's wacky once he starts killing everybody and does weird shit. But in this one, starting off with those two dickheads, it just seemed like, so we're not basing this on, we're not... Even trying to make you feel like, oh, this could actually be a place and a time and a, you know, real anything, because he, it was just dumb.
0: Now, to be, to be fair though, after that scene, which is awful, that beginning opening scene, I think it's a really bad opening. I agree. It it didn't make me feel like, oh, great, this is going to be awesome. Then it does like, um, like a cool, like 1970s title sequence with John Carpenter's music playing. Yeah. But with this new, like, it's the
1: jack-o'-lantern.
0: Yeah, it's a jack-o'-lantern that's, de- that's decomposed and it's coming back to life. Uh, it was really cool. I like that. It felt like the 70s again, 80s, and it, it was cool. And then we go at the the perspective of these two podcasters again. I'm like, oh, fuck, we're with the podcasters again. <laughs> we're in this car, and they're like, oh, yeah, we go and see the other side of the story, which would be Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie Stroud, Strode. We'll go and we're going to see her and see what she is up to. And then I was like, well, okay, this is a bit more interesting. I'm interested to see her. But that didn't really Mm-mm. that didn't come to much either.
1: It's because they were really lame.
0: Yeah, they were really lame.
1: Yeah, they weren't compelling at all. There was no. nothing they interesting about up. All they wanted was to sensationalize the story that, for the sake of this fiction, is a real thing that happened in this universe. Right? They just
0: want a good episode of a podcast Correct. where they can be spooky and, you know the very overdramatic into the microphone. So they go and ask her, you know, can you talk about it? And she's not super willing to she's talk. She's
1: basically it. like, fuck off.
0: Yeah, basically. <laughs> and, t- and took their money. Yeah. Cause they were paying for it. And then, um, and then through a series of events that I've, like I said to you, a, a prison bus, <laughs> you said,
1: I even. said, as it was <laughs> happening, if you're in a movie, don't and get you on have the mental health bus. issues, or you're a criminal. <laughs> do not get on a bus unless you're the leading person because you're gonna die. Something
0: when, horrible's going to happen to right you. when the prison bus was in the <laughs> ditch like you you saw the prison bus in the ditch, uh, the first thing that came to my mind was how many movies are there where a prison bus is in the ditch <laughs> yeah. and the prisoners are on the road like it, I, I feel like I've seen it so many times, and it's very convenient like we've it's, never seen them
1: on the road, but we know they,
0: they it crashes a lot, yeah. That's the way the prisoners get out, right? Because they're being transferred,
1: or a plane, as in Conair. True. You know, any any large mode of transportation on which we have multiple criminals and or people from mental facilities. Uh, yeah, not gonna. If they ever did make it to the destination, that would be a sweat. That would be a twist. You'd be like, <laughs> what?
0: They, might, yeah, that's it. they
1: didn't crash. They didn't get taken over by the cocky guy who's, you know, wants to
0: whatever. So then Michael's out.
1: But I feel like the people who wrote it, Let me just including What's-His-Face, who I don't like usually.
0: Danny McBride. They
1: really, really love all the tropes of movies. You know, that's where it gets a little bit pretentious.
0: They do. And not pretentious so much as a little bit dumb <laughs> at times. It dummies
1: it down for sure. But also if you're a truly nerdy movie person and you're less about the story and more about the experience of something like this, that's right up your alley, I would think.
0: So when I talk about conveniences, remember said oh, asshole podcasters who we hate those <laughs> two. That well, remember when I said that they showed Michael his mask at the beginning in the yeah. prison? Yeah. Well, they happen to be at a uh, well. They stopped for a pee at a gas station. A poop.
1: She had a to poop. do number two. Poop. So we know she's committed on the toilet. She can't get up.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so let let's say they those get those two get brutally murdered by him. Let's just at, say. At a gas station. And conveniently, they have his mask ready for him, don't they, in their car?
1: It's the only reason he hunts them down.
0: So like we it. can have the moment of him putting on the mask.
1: Now... The convenience of him being at that gas station at that point when they're there getting their gas is it's pretty is, good.
0: These are the conveniences <laughs> that I hate about this movie. I mean, I have to kind of... I have to While it's happening, I have to go, what are the odds? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let it go. Let it go. So...
0: Yeah, so up to about that point, when he murdered the podcasters, I started to like it better.
1: (laughs) Was that the idea of killing (laughs) off the annoying people in movies?
0: Because the two podcasters sucked, right? So now they're dead, and I didn't care about them dying. I did care a little bit that she was having a poo.
1: All he had to do was take the mask. It obviously got into the trunk some (laughs) magical way, because we see him just... You know, imagine Michael Myers, after he murders that guy, fiddling through his pockets, getting the key, going to the thing, clicking the fob. No. Somehow he just opens the trunk. He could have just done it while they were inside paying for the gas. He and didn't then, have to kill everybody at the gas station.
0: And then I had more fun with the movie after that part, because then it started... it. Turned into a regular Halloween movie, really.
1: Then you were hoping everyone you hated would die.
0: Yeah, and but then we're introduced to a bunch of other characters, and I'm like, oh, these are all awful characters. I don't <laughs> like this kid. This kid's really annoying. This girl's a bit of a bitch. This is, uh, you know, it's all... Her friend a...
1: wasn't a bitch. Her friend was cool. I liked her.
0: No, just... None of them were particularly likable to me.
1: They were standard
0: yeah they were you know cabin in the woods those actual tropes that everybody has in cabin in yeah there were though it was that so that's what a horror movie is i get that so there's nobody i'm rooting for out of all these kids i'm like yeah hopefully all these kids die and pretty much they do that's how these movies go right I was very surprised. It is a
1: little weird that they just left her boyfriend guy hanging. Yeah, I,
0: d- I thought that, that was That seemed good. really weird. I thought that was a loose end and he would turn up at some point. Mm. Because she argues with a boyfriend. I mean, he, tries, he a girl tries to kiss him. Or he kisses, I don't know. I wasn't looking properly. Did he kiss her? I didn't, her? Did I didn't kiss care. Her? Yeah, something. Some relationship drama was happening. And she ditches him and goes home with her other friend. And I thought, well... Because she's ditched him, he is the last minute hero who comes in and saves everybody, right? Mm. But then there's nothing. He's nothing, is he? He never ever turns He really up. is. Nothing. <laughs> but uh, I was very surprised. Now, what I really liked when it did turn into a Halloween movie was it's super brutal. The, the deaths are really grisly and brutal. Like it doesn't pull any punches in that. They even kill a child, which I don't ge- generally see. They usually leave children off the menu but there was a kid who got killed
1: which was unnecessary really other than for shock value so yeah. i didn't really get behind it except to go holy shit they're serious about this yeah oh,
0: and then the kills from then on were all interesting i thought and like really kind of gruesome and gross most of them you know and some of them yeah. were out of the blue and i didn't i was like oh look at look at him just wandering around oh god he's killed that person he's killed that but per- he's on a rampage going through this neighborhood <laughs> So I like that because that was kind of what you liked about the original. But then the other thing I don't like and I believe this has got to be something to do with Danny McBride is like just the random comedy elements to it. Like those two cops that are in the car just talking about sandwiches. Yeah. They don't feel like the part of the movie. Like it feels like what well, hold on, we've not been that funny up to now. What's this bit? Like why and what is this serving exactly, you know? Like yeah, we we didn't have that tone for the last twenty minutes, so now we're having a laugh like it. And I understand that in horror movies you can break up the fear and the tension with a couple of jokes. They just felt a bit like they didn't need to be there. Agree. <laughs> so there's a bit of that throughout. Like there's people saying funny things. Um, that kid was really funny. The kid that she's babysitting for. Yeah. He had some really funny lines. Fine. I have to give it to him. But, um, and then, so I've gone through most of it. The end part.
1: (laughs) You've given it all away.
0: Yeah. There's a, you know, a showdown at the end, let's say. The, while it, I don't know if you feel this way, but it felt anticlimactic a lot. I agree. Like, like it was short, like it built, it was building up to this big confrontation between Laurie and Michael. And yes, there is one, but it was really nothing like it. It wasn't gruesome or anything. There wasn't really that much interesting shots about it. It was just a couple of events happen and then it ends. Don't you feel?
1: Yeah. I felt that it was very like, I get what they were going for, but then the reveal of what she's been doing is just setting up her house to be like a. Like a mouse trap, basically. and then they don't, really... which is funny because the dad is messing with the mouse traps True. in the beginning.
0: Ooh, that was clever.
1: Yeah, or was it? Was it? No, we just now noticed it, so I doubt it. But that seemed a bit. I would like to have seen more of that. You know. Yeah. Understanding that a bit more, it's not really a big reveal so much. But if you know that that's what she's doing, and you want him to get there, that might have made it a little more exciting.
0: Yeah. So you know. We do see throughout the movie like some shots of um, Jamie Lee Curtis like practicing with guns and stuff, so you know that she's ready for a confrontation. But then when it is, like you say, it's not really a reveal. But when it is revealed that this house is like a trap for Michael Myers, the trap is actually quite boring. Like (laughs) he's just trapped. He gets trapped in a thing, and yeah, there's not like a load of. Um, series of events that leads up to him being trapped it's 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 not like oh we have a big fight here and there's a tussle it's it just he gets trapped and then you know and then it ends so it was kind of the middle part was great for me like when he's just going around killing people I like that part <laughs> I thought it was really cool I thought there was some really shocking bits and some cool bits but the beginning was left a really sour taste in my mouth because it was bad And the ending was just too abrupt for me. I know it's quite clear they've set it up for a sequel again, which is actually coming. But uh, like I say, it's a mixed bag for me. And I do like horror movies. I'm not like a snob who hates horror movies. Because I like what was one of my favorite movies last year Hereditary. True. Horror movie. So, you know, this is, as a fact, like I said to you, like, you know, you can watch this and then come out the end and go oh, that was really, really cool. I really loved it. But then, yep, if you sit back and go, okay, how how would I rank this with other horror movies?
1: If I'd never seen the first one.
0: Right. And how would I, you know, other horror movies that I love, I'll put them on, you know, you put them out on the table and then you go, like The Exorcist, I love. You know, 40 years later, I still think about it. Will I be thinking about this in 40 years or will I be dead? Probably be dead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well,
1: that's very cheery of you.
0: Well, you know what I'm saying. Though, if there was 40 years, and I w- would I be saying to you, "Do you remember that awesome Halloween sequel where it was 40 years later?" We
1: would say, "Remember Halloween? Remember that other Halloween?"
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's where I was like, "I know you can have that feeling of, oh, it's a cool Halloween movie." And I also said this to you: most, most, if not all, of the Halloween sequels are fairly bad. And even the fans think they're bad. I mean, I was just reading, like, one of them doesn't even have anything to do with it, right? You kind of like that one.
1: Yeah, I don't mind Halloween 3. Just once you once you watch it and get over the fact that it's not actually a Michael Myers thing, but it's tapped into this weird other thing that can somewhat explain Michael Myers being all effed up. Yeah. Um, and it's not horrible. It's just that if you're expecting Halloween, then that's where your letdown's going to come.
0: I feel like you like this a lot more than me, though.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I like it just because I think it's well-made.
0: Oh, I, I agree. It so looks I really good. like,
1: Yeah, like the shots of her getting her weapons ready and sort of the detail of all the sets. And what's missing is the longness. Like, Halloween is, you know, end of the 70s. 70s movies have... As much as you can designate how mo- each decade's vibe is, but '70s movies had a length about them, where when you're watching her walk down the street carrying the pumpkin, it lasts a while, and her friends' chit chat lasts a while, and them sitting in the car waiting for the sheriff dad to come up lasts a few seconds. It's sort of, and you know, the scares are a little bit more drawn out. Yeah, that's I agree. missing in this. That's sort of like, well, let's just commit to you know, if we're watching the the granddaughter walk home and it's scary at night, let's do it for two minutes instead of 10 seconds, you know, if that kind of thing, but also make it creepy and grounded. So once things happen, you're sort of in it, you know, you're ready for it. This one was more modern in that we're just sort of like, boom, 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 boom. That'd be my biggest criticism and the dumbness. Yeah, I I agree. It's got a little too much, you know.
0: And, you know, as far as a the plot goes, it's too, there's a lot of that convenience stuff, which is hard to wrap my head around sometimes. It's like, you know, I know it's a film and we, we need things to coincide, but when they do coincide, it feels a bit forced because it's all happening. Like, so, Oh, you know, like I said earlier, convenience. But as far, uh, the other thing I had to mention, and I said this to you, this isn't a scary movie. Not to me. It wasn't, I wasn't, there wasn't any jump scares as such. There wasn't any jump no, scares. Usually get me,
1: but the things where like he's walking down the alley, just completely like actually out in the open, sort of way. He's not hiding from anyone ever.
0: When he's just Except- in the neighborhood and all yeah, the kids he's just are walking, walking around, him. Yeah.
1: and then he's walking down that one alley, and his shadow hits the wall, and then the next thing you know, he's in the house, which you can't explain how's he getting in the house, but we all know not everybody locks the doors, and he's just in. And then you're like, Ugh. <laughs> that is a little creepy. It's not so cre-
0: much a scare, but like, ah. The creepiest moment for me, um, actually, it was to do with that when he's wandering around the neighborhood. But he's just casually walking towards a car, and there's like a sexy nurse lady who's going on a Halloween thing with mm-hmm. another person. And they're just getting in their car unaware of anything. They're just going out, and they're actually talking to each other. It sounds real, the conversation. He's saying... Something about oh, I've just got to get something. Yeah. She's like, hurry up, and that seemed very real, like what you could see just stepping outside the house, and he's there, like he's this guy who can stick this knife through your face.
1: And that's why I say I think that things like that one specifically are homage to other movies, right? Even though they say don't acknowledge them, but the second movie was in a hospital, so yeah. I think that that was a like a little nod there.
0: I just had a look at like a um, there was a thing an uh, article about like. Uh, comparisons of this movie and the original. And they were showing you a split screen. Here's the scene from the original. Here's the scene from this. And there are a lot of scenes that are supposed to look identical. Mm. Um, Even down to like costuming, like a a girl's got the same t-shirt as a kid and that kind of thing. So they were trying to make it seem familiar, which I appreciate because that does work. You know, it worked for The Force Awakens. You get what I'm saying? Because yes. you're watching it thinking, wow, this is just like Star Wars. And if I did actually break it down and compare it, it's pretty much the same story again. Yep. Well, well duh.
1: <laughs> did you, know, you just now, did that just now occur to you, my No, dear? it's
0: always occurred to me. But what I'm saying <laughs> is it works in that nostalgia way. Like, I love that, so I probably love this. And this is what they're doing with this. It's just a bit, the snarky Danny McBride dialogue, I guess, and the... Kind of a bit... It's definitely anticlimactic. I I would... I I don't think anybody would disagree with it, being anticlimactic, because you're not like, whoo, at the end, are you?
1: I don't think you're supposed to be, because there's always the question. Yeah. Is he really, is he really, really dead? You know, that, of
0: course. And we didn't mention that Jamie Lee Curtis also, there's her daughter and her daughter. So there's three generations of...
1: I mentioned the granddaughter.
0: Right. But they kind of wound that into a thing, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Especially that final scene, which reminded me of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, actually, sitting on the back of that thing. Yeah. But, um, you know, they're winding that to- They're doing this together, grandma, daughter, and daughter. And, you know, we're the team of badass, you know, Halloween takedowners. They weren't really, though. I no, mean, but-
1: we established that Jimmy Lee Curtis had trained her daughter Yeah, To be prepared. So the daughter's bitter about having to learn how to use guns and think paranoid and all that kind of stuff. And the granddaughter basically has got missed out on that because the mother didn't want to do it. So we've established that she knows how to defend herself. So when the time came, we had at least two people who we couldn't go, oh, all of a sudden she knows how to use a gun, right? So we've got that kind of bond between them, I think, but...
0: But that stuff felt like... Um,
1: and there's no explanation.
0: No, it just felt daughter, like sequel. Was she
1: married? Who's the father? <laughs> Who's the... You know, what's the... It's, she wasn't even particularly like, I've got to defend my daughter. It was more like, I just want to kill him.
0: Yeah. So it's more sequel stuff, all that, it seems. Like, they get, set those three up. He's going to come back. And those three are really gonna go after him. I
1: mean it's not really sequelish to me because none of that was established in the first one. That she might have been pregnant or right. that she was that there was a boy that she was interested in who might end up being the that her daughter's father. You know, none of that. It's just boom, she's got a daughter, boom, she's got a granddaughter.
0: Alright, so we got the cast here. Jamie Lee Curtis reprises her role as Laurie Strode. She's not just been in the first Halloween, she was in several of them. Hmm. Including Halloween H two O And you know, she's probably killed him a few times too, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, I think
0: so. <laughs> so what did you think of Jamie Lee in this one?
1: I liked her. But um, you know, I don't dislike her at all, so I mean she seemed
0: in it, like she seemed like oh, she yeah. really wanted to be that character again.
1: I agree. And I which appreciate I appreciate, that. yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, um Judy Greer plays Karen, who is Jamie Lee's daughter. I like Judy Gray quite a lot. Mm-hmm. You see her in a lot of movies, but then if I asked you which movies you'd seen her in, you probably wouldn't know yeah, which. Yeah, exactly. She's that kind of actress. But you always like her when you see her. I really liked her in this. And then the daughter is Andy Matichak. She plays Allison, And her, I could take her a leave her, to be honest.
1: She I mean, was- she did a fine job, but the character didn't really add anything because, like like I said, grandma slash mom, Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. was not in... Left maternal around. like I'm going to defend my young kind of mode it was all about that night and not about you will not even come it's not like in aliens when she says get away from her you bitch and you feel like whoa she wants to defend <laughs> that little one like so yeah, true. hardcore pardon
0: Sure, she does yeah
1: yeah so that is missing a little bit to me
0: um and then we've got Will Patton, who I really love, is a great actor. I really like him. I think he, I don't know, there's something about him I really like. He plays Officer Hawkins and it's one of them conveniences again. Here's the sheriff guy who turns up and, uh, Somebody, a guy, well, that doctor guy, just in a line of dialogue. Ooh, the
1: doctor was really awful. That part I was like, yeah. that was really super lame.
0: In a line of dialogue, he explains who Will Patton is to everybody. He's like, hey, this is the guy who was on the scene back in the 70s. Remember him? No, we don't remember him. We've never seen him. Because so. he
1: didn't exist. <laughs> right, we exactly. looked it up.
0: <laughs> there was no <laughs> Officer Hawkins. I mean... Ever so he's just the guy who turned up. Uh, after, he was the first on the scene back in the day, and here, here he is. He's the first on the scene again. Coincidence?
1: But he's not. But he wasn't. Right. Not for movie watchers. He just we're just being told that that's right. the situation. But I
0: mean, he, just luckily he was the first on the scene. Like from two incidents. But then years
1: again, about. it doesn't really matter.
0: No, it doesn't
1: but, turn out to matter.
0: I did like Will Patton in this though. Also got um who's this person? Rian Oh, okay. Rian Rees and Jefferson Hall, who play Aaron and Dana. Dana, you know, these are the two awful podcasters. <laughs> you know? Yep. If the if the premise of the movie was to make these two podcasters so awful that you wanted them to die, it worked. Because I was like Please kill them and shut them up and end that podcast. That's (laughs) awful.
1: (laughs) That's awful. Then
0: I put down the guys who played The Shape. Explain The Shape.
1: The Shape is Michael Myers. And because I believe, I think, I have to look it up, but in the first one, I think that Donald Pleasant says he's the shape of evil. In this one, Jamie Lee Curtis says she had a vision of him, the shape and then in the credits, the only thing it says is the shape, which yeah, it you're, you seem fixated on, but it's Michael Myers.
0: So it's played by Nick They're Castle and curious. James Courtney. Um, Nick Castle, Castle was the
1: guy from the original,
0: wasn't he? He is the original Michael Myers from the original. And, and you the, get
1: to see his weird his side of his actual face. and you Yeah, know, and, and the other guy
0: is the guy, a stuntman <laughs> guy who plays him in the parts that are a bit too intense for elderly Nick Castle, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, some of the stuff's, like, probably, you know, jumping off things and landing on stuff. So, um, you know, I can't say much about because Michael Myers does not talk. He just puts the mask on and walks around, right? There's not really any... Mm. He's supposed to be, like, no-feeling, kind of, this thing that just kills people. I can't say whether he's good or bad. I mean, he does it, and it's pretty clockwork and... (laughs) you know true but that's the idea i guess this is directed by david gordon green he directed a movie that we both like called our brand is crisis with sandra bullock
1: Mm -hmm. i did like that
0: and he also directed pineapple express which you didn't see but i watched seth rogan movie Mm. um it's a classic for stoners i was me on it
1: you're not a stoner
0: no if you're a stoner i can i could understand why you might laugh your head off if you're a stoner but yeah he directed those movies. Our Brand Is Crisis is quite a good movie. Actually. Yeah, I liked, I liked it. it. So, um, David Gordon Green's direction here. Uh, first off, I have to say, cinematography is really good in this movie. It's it's like better than I expected. It's really crisp. Everything's really detailed. There's never any moments where you're like, "Hey, I can't really tell what's going on." This is a murky horror movie. Agree. It's just really, really like like top top-of-the-line, shiny, you know, looks nice, Um, which sometimes doesn't happen in horror movies. Sometimes they decide to make them so bleak and gloomy you can't even see what's going on. That doesn't happen here. There are a bunch of extras on the disc. There's uh, deleted scenes. There's the making of Halloween, the original Scream Queen, which goes into Jamie Lee Curtis uh, and her backstory. There's The Sound of Fear, which I really liked because it's John Carpenter and his son and this other guy. Musician guy, and it shows you how they're like re—not remastering, but rethinking the Halloween music, like for a more modern. It didn't
1: really sound that different to me. So they uh, can say what they want, but it didn't. It has really... that
0: like, like yeah, it's inception.
1: appropriate.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> um, I like the music all the way through. It's very synth '80s, and it is the Halloween theme that you know, but it's got more of a percussion to it, and it's also got. Like, this really cool, I'll I'll say the Inception noise. Just that real loud... It sounds like a horn, but it actually isn't. It's a guitar, in this case, being played with a violin bow. Uh, Journey of the Mask tells you about Michael's mask and how it appears in this movie. And the Legacy of Halloween like shows you some of the clips from the old one, and it has the main people sat around talking about it. It's a bit too short, I thought... It felt like something that was probably an hour long, but they cut it down. So there are a bunch of extras. There is no commentary, unfortunately, but that's it. So, um, what do you think?
1: I enjoyed it. I mean, for what it is. I enjoy it for what it is. I don't don't judge. (laughs) I'm not, like, that's not true. Because if it had been um, on the caliber of some of the other sequels... I would have been like, oh, you know, and they did try to fall into a few traps here. But overall, I enjoyed it because I just see it all as one big thing. And because it's the same people, I give it a lot of leeway, which may or may not be the correct way to review it. But
0: i like I say, I after, after I dropped all the, um, you know, once it once it got to about, you know, 30 minutes in and Michael Myers is in the neighborhood. I was like, oh yeah, now, I real- now I'm having fun. <laughs> so that m- whole middle section, I was really having fun. It was like, yes, this is Halloween. This That's is what, what I'm I-
1: saying about people who, if they say it's good, it's not because of the quality, but about that thing it brings back yeah, to you. Yeah, that you
0: get to see. It, yeah. I-, I would compare it with me as being a huge Star Wars fan. And when I watch The Force Awakens and I see lightsabers and, you know, it's like, oh.
1: And even it's the back, Exorcist like, TV show, which wasn't great, I but because have. it had that creepy vibe, yeah. it was not comparable, I know, to the movie. But I'm just saying, there were moments when you're like, oh, oh, oh there are demons in this world. I
0: that, re- that Exorcist TV show, that it ran for two seasons. Um, and not, I don't think tons of people watched it. I, I really recommend it. If you're mm-hmm. a fan of The Exorcist... There is, it does Except go for into, the
1: one thing, and I won't say it, but that that's, was really lame.
0: I liked that. I like that. I know you did. Um, you and the, the second persist. season, the second season, which has nothing to do really with the original film, it's like more of a separate story on its own about the about exorcism. But the second season was really strong. I thought with Stephen Chow as the mm-hmm. main guy, yeah, it was really good. Like so, yeah. I think it's overlooked. So I would recommend that because it
1: convinced me that there were. I'm not a believer person in anything. I don't believe there are any spirits or gods or anything. But in that world when you're watching it, you're like, "Oh yeah, that's. They can take out the Catholic Church part for me. Get rid of all the hierarchy and bullshit even from the movie yeah. as they progress all that."
0: The Exorcist 3 movie really, really dealt with yeah, that, Yeah. If you
1: get rid of all that and it's just demons infesting human bodies because they're just dickheads, I'm all I'm I'm in.
0: Yeah, I'd recommend that TV show. And, you know, you might think, well, it's a TV show. It's real dialed down, but it's not. It was actually quite graphic. It and, was
1: graphic yeah. and creepy and, yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, on the subject of Halloween, thanks to Universal for letting us review this. Next week we're going to review um, Jonah Hill, his first directorial debut. Mid-90s it's called. Actually,
1: it. you'd only have one directorial debut. It,
0: would, it You would, Yes. His directorial <laughs> debut, mid-90s. We're going to look at that next week. Movie recommendations, I am going on the theme of this Halloween. I'm going with, every time I look at Jamie Lee Curtis, I always think of the scene from True Lies where she is doing the stripper dance in the hotel room.
1: You know what? I've never watched True Lies.
0: It is so funny. She's, st- she's trying to be sexy, but she's kind of goofy. And... uh it's it's a weird stripper dance and it's very, very funny. I always remember it. She's trying to seduce this guy like as a spy. Right. But she's not really got like the sexual... Uh, There's a
1: movie that could get remade today, isn't it? True Lies. It's
0: a great movie. It's funny. Really, really funny and like, you know, um, it's action-packed as well. But th- when she's trying to seduce this guy and she hasn't really got those skills <laughs> and it's really, really cringy and weird, I really like that. So I always think of that. And I'll recommend True Lies. And the other thing I'll recommend is my favorite John Carpenter movie, and that's The Thing. I think it holds up to this day. I really like that sequel they made to it, too, that we reviewed on this show. But um, the original, is terrifying. And <laughs> some of the makeup effects and the creature effects in that are just awesome. And they're all practical. There's no CGI in those days. So it's gruesome. You know, when that head grows legs and starts walking around, it's <laughs> yes,
1: fucked up. Yes, it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so, yeah, The Thing and True Lies.
1: And mine are, of course, Halloween 1979, because, just because, and because if you're going to watch this one, hopefully you've already seen that one. But And Halloween 3, I think it's underrated.
0: The I'm not season it's, of the I'm witch. not
1: saying it's great, and it is hokey as shit, but. It's a fun romp for me. So.
0: So, a scully stuff. Um the first thing we both watched and it's the new Black Mirror episode. Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Um so we're big fans of Black Mirror, watched mm. all of them. Correct. What do you think of uh, Bandersnatch, the new episode?
1: I think you know how I feel. Is it these people that you want me to explain? These people
0: to you? do not know you, so they've not <laughs> talked to you between <laughs> that last time and this time.
1: To be very straightforward about it, it was kind of a letdown. I thought it was kind of. I like the concept of because it's play as you go or whatever, you give a choice, and the Netflix, choose we actually adventure. get to choose pick this serial, that serial, this song, that song, whatever. I find that really boring. I have no interest whatsoever in interacting with that, with my storytelling entertainment as I sit here and play. A video game, thats I'm fine with interacting with that. I couldn't give a shit about this kitschy trying to make a hook of some kind to get you to mess around with it. And I understand there are these books that are choose your own adventure and you go to one page and the next page. I'm not into it, so I guess that's why it just seemed, uh, and I know, logically, reasonable person here. There are economics involved and there would not be like an endless number of outcomes for this story. There are like, however many there are, we won't say. It's very limited. So the choices you make are very limited. Very limiting. And it isn't clever to me and it isn't that interesting other than I like the character in the movie, in the show. And they call it a movie, but it's just an episode of the show. And I like... The vibe and the look and the sets, everything's done well, just like Black Mirror is always done. But it just was like, oh, whatever. It's just trying to be clever when it was clever enough the way it was.
0: Now, why I liked it quite a bit is because it took place when I, you know, the ZX Spectrum era of video gaming in the UK, which I'm very familiar with. Mm -hmm. I kept saying to you, there's things in the background that only people who knew about this era would know and there's the way people are talking to each other. It was very accurate in that respect. You know, it's so about So for
1: you it was more mm. about nostalgia than like in Yeah. You know.
0: It also one of my favourite game designers, <clears throat> Mr. Jeff Minter, actually <laughs> appears in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Only in like cuttings in a photographs. But he is actually the guy who wrote the Bandersnatch book in the in the show. And uh, it's crazy Not to Not as man. Jeff
1: Minter, but the character. Yeah, the character. Yeah.
0: But they use Jeff Minter also to create all the... Um, anything you see on a screen that's on a ZX Spectrum is created by Jeff Minter for them, like the Bandersnatch. There's actually a game that they're working on, you know, the Bandersnatch game.
1: This is why I predict that you were so fond of it, that, it, again, it's one of those things that taps into a very personal experience outside of yes. that story.
0: You know, when he walked into the, sh- into the store and I said, Oh my God, that is 1980s <laughs> WH Smiths. <laughs> I used to go in WH Smiths in the 1980s to buy records and uh, computer games. And he walked into a 1980s WH Smiths. I was like, Holy shit. They don't even exist anymore. Like they'd done a shop up to look exactly like it. So to you, none of that would make mean anything to me. It's all like, wow. This is my childhood, like, happening on the screen. As far as, like, the choose-your-own-adventure thing goes, some of it was good, some of it was a miss for me. Some of it was really fun. Like, I was like, oh, that's cool. You know? I liked the, um, cho- you know, one of us is going to jump off this balcony, me or you? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> After a night of weird drugs. Um, right, but
1: it didn't serve any purpose because once you make a choice it constantly directs you when they want you to make the other choice. It makes it's not interesting.
0: There was some <laughs> things definitively. that there was, there was I thought were really clever but I don't think um a black mirror story works better if it's be, if it's told to you and you don't actually have to choose it, you know, like yeah. the best ones are when there's a ra- the outcome is the outcome they say. So As far as the way the technology works, it's very good. You know, when you're choosing a thing and then the screen responds, you know, it switches to the next bit of video, but you don't really notice it happening. I really liked how all that worked. It's kind of a gimmick. Kind
1: of, you reckon?
0: But if anybody's going to do a gimmick, like based on this kind of technology, it'd be Black Mirror. And I think they did all right with what they were doing, what they were intending to do with it. But yeah, it's not rewatchable. You wouldn't want to go and, you know. We did choose loads of different things, didn't we, to try and get all the different endings? And
1: then what happened? You looked them all up. Because at some point, <clears> it's just boring. But we did end up see, lodging.
0: what, four endings of our own? Like, I
1: think so. Accidentally. Yeah.
0: yeah. So uh, that's Black Mirror Bandersnatch. We also watched another thing this week, which uh, is uh, like Halloween of mixed quality. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, Predator. It's another movie that, you know, we all love from back in the 80s. Well, most of us do, I guess. And I loved re- it. They made a new Predator movie and we watched it. What did we think of it? Or what do you think? <laughs>
1: what do we, what do like you, we share the same brain? Obviously we don't because you love that one. I don't know. Um, mm. <sighs> <laughs>
0: it's, it's a weird movie. It's, it's really weird. It's weird
1: and it's difficult to explain because if someone were to go back and watch Predator when they've never seen it, they'd be like... Why are you precious about this dumb movie? Like, it's not great either. But I, I probably watched it 50 times. It had blaring music. It was kind of weird. It's not great special effects compared now. But back then, all that. And it was just like a hard-hitting, like, you throw it on the VCR when you're just sort of hanging around, you know? Because you got to memorize all the bits and pieces. So this one, I told you, it was like a lower quality than some television shows.
0: CGI and stuff.
1: CGI, storytelling, acting, character development, all of it. Cuz we watch Supergirl. Now, a lot of people may not or they might and think it's dumb, but it's it's one of my one of those um what do you call it? Like a a measuring stick for me is that if I can watch Supergirl and get through an episode and be like, "Well, that was pretty good." I mean, that there, there was some good emotional scenes and some of that CGI was pretty good. It's not perfect. It's TV-ish. It's a little Doctor Who-ish. But they're in that realm. If a movie drops below that, when it's trying to be the new Predator, yeah, that's a problem for me. And it was just... But it was fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the the way it kind of went down and, you know, a lot of the humor was... And it, it was, was actually bold. It
0: was actually funny in parts. <laughs> it was. not it was very yeah.
1: bold. It wasn't afraid to, like, give a kid some shit and, like, you know... It was very open I liked that about the dialogue a lot of times but yeah it was not great
0: my favorite thing about it was Olivia Munn she's like probably the main female character in it and she had like a I liked her in it Mm -hmm. like she wasn't just like she was a little awkward and weird awkward and weird yeah she wasn't like oh this is the pretty girl that they throw in the situations she was like easily up to their level these hard case hardcore dudes that they stuck together in fact, she gave them shit most of the time because they were trying to be, you know, sexist and stuff. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah. But uh, so she kind of lived up to them. So I really liked her. The guy, the main guy, whoever he is, the Billy Boyd or whatever he's called. I'm sorry, that's probably wrong. What the fuck with him? Like, he how was is he so the star bad. of that movie?
1: It was so bad, unfortunately. what
0: was he what's he doing at the end where he's wearing that weird wig and a cap?
1: It was. Unexplainable. Inexplainable. Absolutely. No, made no sense whatsoever.
0: But like I say, it's a Predator movie. It's kind of fun in parts. It was really stupid like a lot of the time and it was like, oh my God, is this like, sometimes I was like, is this like a parody of the Predator movie? Are they just being like making fun of it?
1: I feel like they were because like I said, it's not exactly like you can sit there and say the original Predator was, you know, the height of, cinema or anything like that no. or even storytelling or anything but there was just something about it again anytime a thing is something you've never seen before it sort of elevates it and even years later it holds that in your mind kind of thing it's, it's this the same. doesn't have that at all
0: i mean it's it's similar to we uh, we you know i love alien and then that new alien covenant came out again with danny mcbride in it <laughs> danny mcbride is actually all right in it But um, it it felt like a terrible alien movie to me. Even though Ridley Scott was involved, you know, he's the director, it looked awesome, all that stuff. But as far as an alien movie goes, it was very unsatisfying, and it was like, are we just watching an alien movie again? Just the same thing? Like, we're not going anywhere with this? This is how this felt, this Predator movie, the same thing. It's like, oh, it's a thing we all love, so we'll make another one. But where's this going? Like, and at the end... The way it ended, it's like, oh yeah, they're setting it up for another one. But why? Like what <laughs> can we just have like have a more serious version of it? Like does it have to be this? You know, can we just like have this one and people who love this one that's fine? We don't want to do that one again. But can we do a more serious one? So it was an odd mixture of comedy and predators. Even the Predators look kind of crappy at points.
1: Yeah, it looked very crappy. The thing where they're invisible and you can kind of see their shape, their whatever. I was expecting to be like, oh, I can't wait to see the new version of that. No, it was crap. It, it seemed looked, like it
0: looked worse than the one Yeah, in the it original. was like a
1: CGI shape of the person in the costume, but then made to look kind of shimmery and weird. I don't know. It was just...
0: And what about weird. the Predator dogs?
1: Oh, don't don't ask about stuff you know what I'm going to say. There were some dogs, copy.
0: Predator dogs, CG things, but they look really like, they look like something from Supergirl. <laughs> I'm not saying Supergirl Worse bad. than
1: Supergirl. Those would definitely not be in Supergirl.
0: No. So, Predator, like, it's funny. I had fun during the yes. running time, but then I said to you at the end, what the hell was that? Like, what, <laughs> why did somebody hand the Predator franchise to that, like, <laughs> and that get made? Like, what is that? Like, it, it it just feels like, you know, the Robert Rodriguez produced one called Predators that we liked in the, mm. yeah that one had more of, to me, the Predator vibe about it. It wasn't being silly. It's kind of serious. It was terror. There was stuff coming. This was more like, you know, tongue in cheek. The whole thing was tongue in cheek. So I don't know. And I'm
1: good with like, you know, the ensemble people like in Aliens and all the other ones in Con Air where the group is like yucking it up and like testosterone is flowing and you're all like, you know, all that dumb shit. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But then it's relentless in this. There's no like break from it. That was my problem with it.
0: No, and I'm, I'm definitely, because the original, I said to you, the original Predator, when they get the bunch of marines together and they're all in the helicopter, they're all saying dumb jokes. It's, they're doing that in this movie. They're like, but they're turning that up to like 70. Yeah. And just never stopping with the jokes, like ever, even though some of them were funny. And there's a whole like plot with the, like the kid who's dyslexic and. No, he's not dyslexic. Not he's autistic. Autistic, sorry. On the spectrum. Let's say.
1: They actually said autistic and that that is actually the evolution of humanity and that that's the savior
0: of everybody. So the predator wants a sample and all that stuff. Some of that was interesting, but it wasn't technically pulled off properly for me. No. In the same way, Alien Covenant was also not pulled off properly. And, you know, you can only do it so many times and you ruin the franchise and nobody cares anymore, right? Correct. So... Stop. Stop with that, please. Stop
1: Stop ruining everything.
0: We've got the the silly Predator movie now. It exists. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) So this week in video games, I finished Red Dead Redemption 2. Don't want to talk about the ending, but I will say... It's
1: been like since before Halloween, I think you said. Yeah,
0: and you know what's crazy about Red Dead Redemption 2? When you finish the main game, you'll be about 80 hours gameplay in. There is an epilogue. And the epilogue is longer than most games. So let that sink in. The epilogue took me 10 hours to beat. Mm-hmm. There are lots of games, story games, that are not even 10 hours. So you're playing an epilogue to the game. Literally a, a footnote that lasts 10 hours. So if you don't have a lot of time, this is not the game for you. It doesn't have any respect for your time. You oh my god. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who's that? Mr. Champion A?: Big yeah. baby.
0: Yeah, the CAD said that it doesn't respect the time, as though...
1: I'm so, a grown man. I have children to take care of. This game doesn't respect my time. I though, don't fucking play the game. What? Is, are you kidding me?
0: And I said to you, I imagine Rockstar, the programmers are sat there and they're going, okay, <laughs> let's make this thing like so long. Everybody, nobody can play it all the way through. Or let's It'll be, be s- like,
1: oh, let's consider every <laughs> single person's personal scenario. That Does this guy have 20 minutes after work? Does this guy work really hard and have to only... You know, does he have long weekends so he can play for four days in a row? They can't do that. They're just making their game.
0: I absolutely love that they made this game. It's so detailed. It is, the story is so rich. You care about the characters. They do an epilogue that lasts 10 hours, which is unheard of to me. When You know when you thought the game was over? Yeah. And then we went into the epilogue, and you said, oh, let's just play through this now because we want to see how it ends. And I said to you, <laughs> I don't different. think that's like a five-minute thing. This This is like, We're getting into something here. And then two weeks later, I finished it. Like, it took me two weeks to get through the epilogue. So it's highly, well, it was my game of the year. So highly recommended. If you like cowboys, you like open world games, you like rock star stuff. I think it's one of the best, if not the best thing they've done in terms of how non-silly the story is. They really rein themselves in and don't do all the silly, like, political commentary and all that. It's just, it's a cowboy story. It's not trying to be silly. It's serious. They make
1: some social commentary on, like, Native Americans, things like
0: that. Yeah, but nothing silly. It's not like GTA where it's just being silly Mm. a lot of the time. You know, it's like, no, we're making some political commentary about Native Americans, but it is actually what happened the white man came and fucked things up for them, you know? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, yeah, that's Red Dead Redemption 2. And I've also been playing some of the Spider-Man DLC, which is the Black Cat story. Black Cat's my favorite Spider-Man character, so I'm really happy to see um, Black Cat in this. She's not in the main game, really. There are some side missions where you speak to her on the radio, but you never see her. You actually see her in this DLC, so... I'm very, very... I'm right at the beginning. Can't really talk about it much. Aside from it's called The Heist. And you know that would instantly draw me in. Yep. So, what is for dinner?
1: Tonight will be some leftover tofu. We're vegetarian. That's why he asks. And some... What else did I say? Some roasted cauliflower and rice that's already in a bag pre-made.
0: And what is your advice?
1: I don't know if I'm going to do 2019 advice. What do you reckon? Oh, if you quit. I mean, do you think anyone cares?
0: You never know. <laughs> yeah, there might be somebody out there going, fuck, she's quit that.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to listen to this show anymore. Uh, well, I think I've run out of all the advice I can give.
0: Be a good person.
1: Yeah, that's not advice. That's just something you should know. Um, I mean, I've said don't be an asshole. That was advice. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll still kick off one bit of advice.
0: Oh, okay. So uh, are we saying that you are going to give advice?
1: <laughs> Maybe. Yes. For this one, yes. <laughs> I'll debate every week whether or not to at- give advice.
0: We'll squeeze advice over every week.
1: We all have, and my advice isn't like straight up advice. If they're listening previously, they know this. So if we all have certain self um mm, like, things we think about our body and people looking at us or how we appear, you know, wrinkles, fat, weird hair, missing hair, uh, too skinny, too tall, too short, whatever. Um, and sometimes that can hold you back. I know from personal experience, it can make you not want to put yourself forward or be in front of people or whatever. I mean, I have a lot of fat on my body. That's really the only thing. I think other than that, I'm, you know, I'm all right. <laughs> and that's fine, too. But in my mind... It makes me want to always be in the back of the class, the back of the room, the back of the bus, the back of everything. And that can hold you back. Like yesterday, I wanted to go out and take pictures downtown. We live in a town of about 70,000 people. And so downtown, it's a state capital. There's a building that's half wrapped at this moment being renovated. Like it's an entire state capital building wrapped in cloth. It looks so amazing. It looks so cool. It's like white notebook paper it's got these blue lines all around it it just looks amazing it looks unreal even when you're standing right there and I'm like how can I capture that and then that thing kicks in like oh if I walk around I'm taking pictures and people looking at me and I'm I don't know it just kind of creeped into my mind and it just clicked I was like fuck it why do I give a shit I tell other people not to give a shit why would I care why do I care if I'm lifting up my arms and my arms are flabby or my back looks fat or I'm reaching for my camera and I'm awkward in some way and I, you always think the thing that you think is wrong with you is the thing people are looking at. Like, oh, look at that fat woman with her camera. <laughs> huh. I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous, but people are nodding their heads like, uh, yeah, yeah. And so I was just like, fuck it. And I took tons of pictures, walked all over the place and had a great time. So if you can suck some advice out of
0: there, go for it. So from no (laughs) advice to quite a bit of advice.
1: That's not advice, though. It's just like a personal anecdote of something.
0: All right. So check out our website, aschoolie.com, siddsaur.com. You can check us on Twitter and Facebook. You can get this podcast on the Google Play Store, the iTunes Music Store, the RSS feed, aschoolie.com. Just click on the word podcast. You can listen on the page. You can subscribe via anything, including tune in. If you've got an Amazon device, say your trigger word and say, uh, listen to After the Show movie podcast on TuneIn. It will play you the latest episode. You can also find us on YouTube. Email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She hates you all. I don't. And thinks you are all assholes.
1: I don't. I Uh. do. I really don't.
0: Finally, stay classy, Mrs. Jamie Lee Curtis. I will always remember that weird stripper dance she did in True (laughs) Lies.
1: And I'm going to say... Start off 2019 right, think for yourself, or someone will do it for you.